Hi everybody, this is David. Welcome to the Stream of David. Today we're going to cover the topic of addictions, but first I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and what we're doing here. I channel a group of entities that I call the Stream. Now if you're still listening, that's good. I understand how that if you've never encountered channeled material before, this may sound insane, or at least very, very weird. But I encourage you to listen with an open mind. We're not here to sell you anything or convince you of anything or convert you to a cult or anything like that. Just think of this like your own intuition, something that you all have that sometimes you follow with great results and sometimes you choose to ignore. But this intuition communicates through me in a very clear, direct manner. They simply give insight from their perspective on life's most challenging topics and provide guidance when requested. So I encourage you to listen. If it feels right, continue to listen. If it doesn't feel right for you, come back when you're ready. I will tell you also that you'll always know when you're hearing directly from me and when I am channeling and when you're hearing from the stream. Uh, there's a little bit of difference in my voice and uh, they always announce themselves when they begin. My channeling is a result of years of practice. I actually began receiving the stream in 2014 and I've practiced uh, through the years to get to the point where I can stop, get into my meditative state very quickly, and if I choose to allow, uh, the stream will come through and actually speak through me. And it's not like being possessed or anything crazy like that. It really is just a bundle of thought that they provide for me, and I speak uh, very clearly and very succinctly when I'm in that mode when I'm channeling, and very careful to stay with that connection so that you're getting a pure message from the stream and not my thoughts or insight. I will tell you that sometimes they say things that in the beginning I disagree with until they provide a little more information that I understand their perspective. Their opinion is not always my opinion, so it's a very interesting ride uh, that we go on sometimes. And certainly, I think what makes these podcasts interesting is that you get both of us. You get my insight from my years of meditating and my study in spirituality and my success with the law of attraction. I have a lot of success that I can and will share on these podcasts with you. But more importantly, you will hear directly from the stream. The stream is essentially source energy. The stream is the same energy that is Abraham, that is Theo, that is Seth. There have been many channels before me, and I'm sure there will be many after me, that channel essentially the same energy, the same universal message that you create your own reality. But there are certainly nuances between the different channels and how you go about creating that reality. And the stream has a very simple explanation for that. They choose to blend with different channels at different times to appeal to different types of people. You are all individual and you are all obviously attracted to different things. That's why you now have hundreds of channels of satellite radio, hundreds of channels on your television, and certainly a wealth of information floating out there on the internet. Your need for individual variety dictates the need for multiple channels. My intention is to attract those who are looking for more information, who are looking to connect with Source Energy, but absolutely want to use their own personal power. Uh, I am not about trying to sell you some course or, uh, or something like that. I really want to share insight 
to open up your mind and get you to tap into your own personal power. I'm very much a do-it-yourselfer. Uh, that's why when I began listening to the Abraham material back in 2010, I took it from 2010 to 2014, really absorbing the Abraham material, listening regularly, meditating almost daily. And I will tell you that I ended up manifesting everything that I wanted to manifest. Uh, I can tell you just a laundry list of things that I've been successful manifesting in my life. Houses, cars, clothes, people, vacations. I even live in my dream city now of San Francisco, uh, where I certainly did not in 2010. And when I look back at 2010, when I first discovered Abraham, and think about all of the things that I really focused on, I achieved every single one of them. But guess what happens when you achieve all of your dreams? You end up wanting more. And for me, the more was not necessarily about material things. It's interesting because I grew up very poor. So my focus throughout most of my life was really on manifesting material things. And I got to a point in my 40s where I realized that I had all of these material things, but I didn't really have good friends. I wasn't in a good relationship. I didn't necessarily have the people in my life that I wanted to have at that time. And I didn't have the career either. I had a very good paying job where I did extremely well. I had a lot of freedom, but it wasn't necessarily my dream because I didn't really have a dream. I'd sort of let go of my career dreams early on when I was so, I became self-employed at 19 and my first business was not successful and I ended up following a corporate path after that. And my belief system was very much geared toward having to follow that corporate path to have the financial uh, abilities that I ended up acquiring. And I shared this in more detail in our very first podcast, but uh, just to recap briefly, I began manifesting intentionally at a very young age. We all manifest all the time, every day. The law of attraction is constantly working, just like the law of gravity. I'm sure most of you that are listening to this probably know that. But way back in 1982, when I was 14 years old, having grown up in a, a very uh, poor environment around a lot of people that had far more than I did, which I actually think made that experience even more difficult uh, for my brother and I. I remember telling my brother that we needed to start thinking and acting like we had more than we actually did. And then if we did that, those things would come to us. Now in 1982 at 14, I have no idea where that came from. It's something that I just got from the universe. My brother, of course, looked at me like I was insane, and we each went about uh, manifesting the lives that we wanted in very, very different ways after that moment. I will tell you that by the time I was in high school, I was wearing the best clothes, I was driving a brand new car, and I was running around with the wealthiest kids in town. Uh, and this was growing up uh, in, a, in a very impoverished household uh, with a single mother, and I remember her telling us that our annual household income was less than $10,000 a year. And this was in the 80s. Uh, that was not a lot of money in the 80s. But I somehow managed to manifest all of those things in my life in high school. After that time, I was successful uh, with trial and error, manifesting my desires until I discovered the Abraham Hicks material in 2010. And as I've said, between 2010 and 2014, I really amped up my attraction and it went from just material things to actually attracting the people that I wanted in my life. And I was very successful with that as well. But after that, being able to attract material things and people, uh, I realized that I could do that. It wasn't enough anymore. 
I realized that I had these abilities that I had since I was a child. I kept them very, very private. I didn't want to be one of those weird people, as I've said, uh, you know, that did readings for people. I'm not a nosy person. I've never had the desire to read someone else's thoughts. I have never had the desire to go and do readings of you know people's dead loved ones or anything like that. That's just never been anything that interests me. It's never been on my radar, and I have absolutely not developed that ability, and I have no desire to at this point. And by the way, in saying all of those things, I do want you to know that I'm not criticizing people who do choose to do that. I'm just saying that they are not the right things for me. And I've actually had some absolutely amazing experiences working with spiritual mediums and psychics, and I can certainly recommend uh, the use of those if that's what you're looking for. What did interest me, though, was since I'd had so much success in the Law of Attraction, and I was such a big fan of, of Abraham Hicks, uh, watching and listening to Esther Hicks' channel, The Abraham Message, I wondered with all of my abilities if I didn't also have the ability to channel. Now, I, like Esther Hicks, uh, believe that everybody has this ability, but it's something that obviously needs to be developed over time. It certainly did for me. I started uh, attempting this in 2014, and here we are toward the end of 2017, and I am just now, uh, as of this past summer, gotten to the point where I am willing to share this with the world. But I do think it has great value. Uh, and I like the way that I do, I'm do. i doing this a little differently than what channels in the past have done. There's a lot of commentary back and forth uh, between myself and setting intentions and then going into my deep meditative state and allowing the, the stream to come forth and basically speak on the intentions that I've set. Uh, and I started out doing this uh, writing a book. In fact, I'm uh, in the middle of writing the book right now but I couldn't wait anymore. I really wanted to share this with the world. And that's when it came to me that I needed to do podcasts. So my intention today is for the stream to come in and speak directly to you on the topic of addictions. Most of us have been or will be impacted by addiction at some point in our lives. Some people say they have an addictive personality. I say that I do not have an addictive personality, but I have certainly been addicted to food. And by addicted, I mean that I use food, as the stream says, to soothe stress. And I've been addicted to Oxycontin, opiates. I developed a lower back issue back in 2002, and I was living in a high-rise apartment uh, down in Florida. And one of my neighbors was a doctor. He quickly became my doctor, and he would write prescriptions for Oxycontin and slip them under my front door anytime I wanted. In a year's time, I was hiding pills so that I always had a supply in case I got caught away from home. And I timed my day and planned my day around taking these pills. I generally only took the indicated dosage. I never took more than what the, the dosage said, but I did use it in relation with alcohol for relaxation or what you might call recreational purposes. So I absolutely was an addict. When I tried to stop cold turkey, I went through the physical withdrawals. It was a very uncomfortable feeling, and I ended up going right back on the medication. And when I asked my doctor about it, he just chuckled and says, yes, you're addicted, and you just need to stay on it because you still have the pain. It was a big learning experience for me not to just automatically trust someone because they happen to be my doctor. I proceeded to look into going to rehab to get off of this medication, and I was really angry at myself for allowing myself to become addicted. 
and just trusting this doctor blindly the way that I did. I definitely consider myself a smarter person than that. But with this back pain, I'd never really had any medical issues uh, prior to that. I only gone to the doctor a handful of times, and I just blindly trusted this doctor. He placed me on this medication, and I took it. So it's completely my fault and my responsibility that I took this. And the idea of going to rehab and spending thousands of dollars trusting yet another person to get me off of this medication just didn't sit right with me. You know, like I said earlier, I've always been a do-it-yourselfer, and I was determined to get off of this drug myself, and that's exactly what I did. I experimented with other non-narcotic forms of pain management, and while I was doing that, I was slowly uh, lowering my dosage. I would space the, the doses out further and further apart uh, every few days. And when I finally found the correct regime of non-narcotic uh, activities uh, that would soothe the pain, I finally got myself all the way off of OxyContin. It took uh, several weeks to do, though, and it was such a good feeling when I stood over the sink that final day and I flushed those remaining pills down the garbage disposal. And that was a very powerful moment to me because I proved to myself that I had the power to overcome anything that I set my mind to and I did it, and I have never been addicted to anything since then. And if I find myself slipping into something that I think looks or feels like addiction, I will stop it uh, immediately because I never want to go back to being dependent on something like that again. A few years back when I was living in Seattle, I had a first cousin that lived uh, in the area also, and she had battled addiction to drugs and alcohol her entire life. Uh, she was in her late 40s at this point. And her adult son, who was 20 or 21, uh, came to live with me because she was at that point homeless. And both of her children were rehoused in different places. And her son, being an adult, you know, could live with anyone that he wanted. And I offered him an opportunity to live with us because I had a large house, plenty of room, and he was certainly a great guy. So while he was living with us, his mother continued to deteriorate and she actually ended up marrying someone that she met at AA who was also an addict. And within less than a year of her marriage, she overdosed and passed away. And I was there when her son found out and took him to the hospital to see her. And I can tell you, it's one of the worst things I've ever had to witness. This fantastic kid, you know, 20, 21 years old, and his younger sister grieving the death of their mother who had overdosed. Now I'm going to pause the recording for a moment, and when you hear my voice again, you will actually be hearing directly from the stream regarding the topic of addictions. We'll be right back. We are here, David. David has asked us to come today and speak to you on the topic of addictions. The topic covers a variety of addictions. You can become addicted to food, alcohol, various types of drugs, 
pornography, television, the internet, video games, and the list can go on and on. Anything that you use to soothe your disconnection from your stream can become an addiction. The addiction begins in the mind, and in some cases, especially with substances, ends up in the body in a physically manifested addiction. In the beginning, the use of these substances or habits serves to soothe your disconnection from your stream, allows you to release your fears, to reduce the stress that you feel because you are not getting what you desire, and sometimes even brings the companionship that you crave with others who are using the same substances or partaking in the same activities, such as gambling. These, of course, are all symptoms of disconnection from your stream. However, from our perspective, we hold no judgment. There is no right or wrong. The use becomes a problem when you cannot stop, when it begins impacting your health, when it begins affecting your relationships, your employment, or the overall quality of your life. You come to the realization that one of these things has occurred, and you decide to stop. And you realize that stopping is not always that easy. You manifest physical symptoms of withdrawal. Your physical body has become accustomed to receiving the substance and demands more. Your mind may tell you that you are too weak to fight the physical symptoms that you're experiencing in your body and that you need to continue to use the substance or face more dire consequences physically. You reason with yourself that you will stop at another time, that the addiction is not your fault, that it's something that you inherited, that it's an illness that you suffer from, that it's better than another type of addiction that you could suffer from. These are all games of negotiation that the mind plays to continue the addiction. For the mind and the body are really one unit. The body is nothing more than the physical manifestation of your projected thought. So the mind does control the body. And once you accept that your mind, your projected thought, controls your body, you must then also realize that the mind first created the addiction. And if the mind created the addiction, the mind has the power to eliminate the addiction. So how do you do this? You see, our answer is the same for everything. You start with meditation to reach your place of neutrality. You connect with your stream. You set a very clear intention of reducing your use of the substance. Just like the spiral that we describe with your emotional state, with the bottom of the spiral being despair, the very top of the spiral being pure joy, 
and the center point being neutrality, you must look at your state of addiction the same way, with the top of the spiral being joyful freedom from any addiction, the bottom of the spiral being the depths of despair due to your inability to give up the substances or activities that you no longer wish to partake in. And your emotional state, your attitude toward your addiction, is like a ring on the spiral. It can move from the depths of despair to less despair, to a place of neutral, to a place of hopeful, and finally to a place of knowing, a place where the mind is clear and free from the need of the substance. And where the mind goes, the body follows. So you consciously set your intention to reduce and finally eliminate use of the substance from a mental perspective. The body will also likely need to work its way up the spiral from the depths of addiction to complete freedom from any symptoms of withdrawal. We realize that we just provided a very simplistic view of how one would overcome their addiction. While we want you to know that you can release your addiction using the method that we just described, we also understand that many of you have tried this before and not been successful. Many have long-established triggers that reignite their addiction, and it builds momentum quickly. And if you first address the trigger and make peace with that, our method that we just described will work for you. Once you are securely connected to your stream through your daily meditations, you will gain new perspective. You will understand our perspective. Once you accept your responsibility and your role for that thing that occurred, that person that mistreated you, you regain your power over that event. We understand the soothing that you seek by placing yourself in the role of the victim. But we tell you there's far more power in being a co-conspirator. And that once you remember that you came here with the intention of placing obstacles in your path for the joy of overcoming them, you will also remember that that thing, that person, that event that you believe drove you to this addiction, that numbing that you seek, that companionship that you crave, whatever your reasoning, once you accept that you were a co-conspirator in that event, the faster you can move on from it. And the faster that you move on from it, the faster that you can regain your control of your reaction to it. These are not always easy words to hear, but we promise you they are quite powerful. Understanding your personal power and the degree that you have control over your life, which is complete control, can bring you to a true place of freedom. Freedom from addiction, from anything that you no longer want to be associated with.
It is important that you understand our perspective on these often challenging life topics. That addictions are often rooted in fear. That that thing that you are now addicted to started out as a mechanism to overcome your fear or to disconnect from the pain that you are experiencing. That your connection to your stream always provides clarity, eliminates your fear, and can even soothe your pain, both mental and physical pain. And if you had been taking care of your stream connection in the first place, the addiction would have never manifested. But perhaps here you are, in an addictive state. Now your work is to back your way out of it through meditation, with your focus, with your receiving of clarity. You can reduce the frequency of use of whatever it is that you are addicted to. And we are here to tell you, sometimes that's very difficult, but when you successfully reduce, even by the smallest amount, you will feel very good in your triumph. Celebrate that good feeling, but understand that there is more work yet to be done. If you are truly addicted, that small triumph is one battle in a much larger war. Because if you do not maintain your connection, the flow of your stream will slow and you will feel the need to return to the addiction. That is why you need to take time to meditate and to clear and to regain your connection to your stream every day, no less than once a day. Commit to this. Commit to a time each day and do not allow anything to stop you from your meditation and track your success each day. Your success in consuming less and less every day, day after day, of whatever it is you're addicted to. If you have physical symptoms of withdrawal, you must find a way to push through and allow more time with the withdrawal symptoms every day even if it's only by one minute. Slowly your body can and will go through a slow withdrawal and become less and less dependent on the substance. And your mind, whether it's a substance or an activity, will do exactly the same. We know that some who are listening have tried this before without success. But as our promise to you, that if you commit to this and you commit to the daily meditations and allow yourself to slowly withdraw and slowly wean yourself off of the substance or activity, you can and will be successful. And if in your meditation and you're attempting our method, you continue to feel the need to seek out professional help, we will not discourage you from that. It is always our guidance that you reach a place of clarity 
and you make the very best decision that you can for yourself from that place of clarity. And that includes choosing the individual that you wish to employ to do this and the method. And if your addiction is to an activity as opposed to a substance, our guidance is essentially the same. Partake in that activity less and less until you can completely move away from it. Activity-based addictions often have the component of other people. Our guidance is to separate yourself from anyone or anything that you feel triggers the unwanted activity. This separation may need to be permanent. But we promise you, once you are meditating daily and have a firm standing in your stream and a conviction not to return to the unwanted activity, nothing will be able to trigger the unwanted activity again. That trigger is your choice. Once you are living life fully connected to your stream, you will understand that you have all of the power and all of the tools that you need not to make these unwanted choices. It is our guidance to only replace these unwanted activities with time spent in meditation and time spent appreciating your connection to your stream. Some feel the need to replace an unwanted addictive activity with yet another seemingly more benign addictive activity. It is our guidance that you do not employ this method because you will still be using that more benign activity to soothe a disconnection from the stream that does not have to be. Does this method sound too simple to be true? It is our promise to you that it is not. Many have employed this method to overcome unwanted addictions, and so can you. That is all. Hi, everybody. It's David. I'm back. I uh, did go back and listen to what the stream had to say. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I will tell you that uh, it's not like the stream to use cliches, but one of my favorite cliches that I use and some of my post-addictive uh, friends also use is that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I definitely believe that. And I know that there were things that happened earlier in my life that I can't imagine that I would have purposely placed there uh, and be a co-conspirator, as the stream says. But I understand that when we decide to physically manifest, we sort of come preloaded with a certain amount of uh, unwanted things that are immediately uh, placed in our paths. And we overcome those things. I and mean, what doesn't kill you truly does make you stronger. And that's, that's a point that the stream makes over and over again about our physical existence, that no one has a perfect existence. We all have things that we've placed in our own paths for the joy of overcoming them. And when they speak of being a co-conspirator in something awful that may be a trigger for an addiction, I, I think the meaning there is to accept that that trigger did occur, but that we have to get past it, that it didn't kill us, 
it can make us stronger and that we do not have to use that as an excuse to be addicted to anything and that we are completely capable of getting ourselves out of anything that we got ourselves into and whether we choose to use professional help for, for that or not is completely up to us. I will tell you that for my addiction, I did not use professional help. I did it myself. I was really upset with myself that I allowed myself to become addicted uh, to painkillers and I, I worked my way off of them and I felt very good about myself after I did that. And for those of you that have been struggling for far longer than I did, I know that may not be an easy thing to hear, uh, but I believe, and I know the stream also uh, shares that you absolutely can uh, and do have the power to get yourself off of these things. So I'm hoping that this was uh, helpful. Uh, if you're addicted to things, hopefully it was uh, very helpful to you to bring a different perspective to your triggers and your addiction, to give you the strength to get over it if you wish to do that. And for those of you that are impacted by addiction that may not be your own, hopefully it helps you uh, understand the one who is addicted a little more. So we're diving into some of these very controversial, difficult topics early on in this podcast series We've talked about politics, we've talked about transgender people, uh, we've talked about why we're here, which uh, I think a lot of people had a lot of really good feedback on that episode, that people found that very enlightening. And of course, today we talked about addictions. Uh, the stream has been very uh, generous in sharing information and their perspective on all of this, which is, is very, very helpful to us. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the most common topic uh, in the, the realm of law of attraction, uh, you know, when you start speaking about law of attraction, inevitably the first thing that pops up and the most popular thing that pops up is attracting money. Uh, there are lots of people out there uh, utilizing the teachings of Abraham Hicks uh, to try to teach people and sell classes on how to get rich quick. Um, the stream has a little different perspective on all of that. I think it's interesting. I will tell you that I have... Uh, manifested uh, a, a very nice income for myself and, and certainly nice sums of money and, and lots of material things. So it's something that I think I can share some experience with uh, in the law of attraction. And I think the stream can certainly be very, very helpful on that topic as well. I know it's, it's very important to a lot of us uh, to have a consistent flow of money to have all of the things that we want to need in our lives. So next week's podcast will be all about manifesting money. Uh, if you have anything that you would like to share, feedback, and you want to email directly, uh, the email address is thestreamofdavid at gmail.com. Again, that's thestreamofdavid at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I certainly appreciate it. Hopefully you got something out of today's podcast. And uh, just let me know if there's anything that you do want to request for a future episode. And we will do our best to get it worked in. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>